Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Shamelessly Unapologetic with me, your host, Alana Pinsky. I want to start off by saying that I'm so sorry that I did not get an episode up last week. So the episode was postponed to this week because I had so many technical difficulties with this episode and so I wanted to be fully transparent sorry if I'm starting off on a negative note here but our guest this week is Hannah Jennings and so when Hannah and I were recording we had a lot of technical difficulties with our podcast meeting link and there were a lot of glitches and bugs the connection kept dropping for a lot of things and so eventually we had to re-reschedule our meeting and then we were able to make up the rest of our meeting on Zoom and thankfully we were able to finish the call and get the rest of the information that I wanted to learn from her. But I will say as I was processing the episodes from my previous link, some of the sound got lost. Thankfully, Hannah was able to retrieve some of it. Like I almost thought that I had lost the intro to the episode, but we were able to retrieve that. However, I had asked Hannah how she had gotten started with her journey into the strong woman category like why she wanted to start competing and unfortunately that audio broke and I no longer have that so unfortunately we won't get to learn what happened but she does share a little bit in the beginning like what motivated her what inspired her and we did talk a little bit about diets comparing it to like bikini competition diets and the diets that strong women and strong men folks have to eat when it comes to their training. Unfortunately, those files broke and the audio was missing. So unfortunately, we won't get to talk more about that. But there were still other plenty of things that we got to cover. So this episode is going to be a little bit shorter than most of my other guest episodes because most of them usually go for about an hour. This will probably be mostly around like the 30 to 40 minute mark just due to everything that happened. So I am sorry that this is a bit of a shorter episode, but I wanted to be fully transparent about what was going on. I did do my best to try to edit as seamlessly as I could so everything could make as most of sense as possible. So if some topics sound really jumpy, that's probably where some of the audio got dropped, but I was able to try to find a way to edit it to where it made a little bit more sense. That's basically the drama with editing this episode, but I do think that it was still fine enough to put on air, and I didn't want to do it last week because I knew it would just not even be an episode with everything going on. I had to get those files retrieved on her end in order for me to upload this. I hope you enjoy this interview with Hannah Jennings and let's go ahead and get into it. Hello Hannah, welcome to Shamelessly Unapologetic. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so pumped to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so pumped to have you too. As someone who's once been in the fitness competing industry, I'm so excited to talk to another competitor and I'm so excited to learn more about your journey and like how you got started. So before we get into all that, I'd love for you to tell everyone just a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, I'm Hannah Jennings, also known as Hannah the Destroyer. Um, I have, so I'm mostly known for performing in Strong Woman. Um, so think World's Strongest Man. I do those types of things. 
Um, but I've recently kind of transitioned into performing feats of old time feats of strength and newer feats of strength that I put together. So yeah, that's what I do now. Wonderful. And I'm curious to know how long have you been doing Strongman for? Ooh, about seven years. Yeah. I think it's oh my seven God. in February, Amazing. actually. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I'm so excited to hear about that journey. But before we get into that, I have to ask one question that I ask every single guest that comes on my podcast. And that is, what is the biggest thing that you are mostly unapologetic about? Okay, this might seem really cliche, but it's it's literally just being myself and owning my strength. For sure. Yeah. Would you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah. So it took me a really long time to um, be proud of uh, the body that I've built through get through physical strength and even more through the mental strength on that side. Uh, I used to be one of I used to like really be afraid to wear cut off sleeves like, you know, and just like wear a bikini and all of those things. And even though I had been strength training for years. And so um, at one point, I don't know, there was just something in the gym I had lifted like. I think I deadlifted 200 pounds or something. And I was like, you know what? I really want to help every other woman. Like I want to help every woman feel the same way, feel as powerful as me. And I knew that in order to do that, I had to really step into that version of myself. And so then I started, um, I started wearing cut off sleeves. I started wearing the things that made me feel good. And um, so that was definitely part of it. And then the other side of that was just getting mentally strong as well. Understanding that in order to step into my 2.0 version of who I was, I had to view myself differently and come at it from an air of confidence because there is a lot of stuff in the fitness world, you know, that you have to get over and like work through. So yeah, that's in a nutshell. I really like that. And I think it's important how you touched on like finding confidence, especially in like certain clothes, because it's so common when you hear a lot of women saying, I'm not comfortable wearing like a, something like a tank top or something with like cut off sleeves because I'm ashamed of like how this body part may look on me or like wearing a bikini. And it's always important to take note of like how you can take back that power to not feel so insecure about something. I mean, did you have a specific moment where you realized like, oh my gosh, I need to take this power back and not let these insecurities get in my way of wanting to wear something that I've always wanted to wear, but I was too afraid of it. Yeah. Yeah. So there was this poster on the gym that I was going to. It was a really small gym um, at the time. And there was a poster of this Olympic weightlifter. And she was, I don't know, she had snatched like this insane amount of weight over her head. And I looked at her and there was, I don't even remember the quote. There was some kind of inspirational quote on it, but that wasn't even, that wasn't even the point. I just looked at her and was like, wow, she embodies confidence to me because she's out here in a singlet, like lifting an insane amount of weight over her head. And that for me was the moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you should unapologetically be proud of that strength because so many women, I think we hear this from time to time again, from women who are so misinformed about like wanting to do something like weightlifting where they're afraid that they're going to become bulky or they're going to look too manly. And I'm thinking, girl, no. That's not how that works. I wanted to kind of transition into learning more about the diet and if it hopefully wasn't damaging to your relationship with food and then also like in terms of how you performed when it came to lifting. It's definitely had its moments. I definitely was, um, I'm not going to say I'm like perfect. I definitely had my binge eating moments, right? Where I would like, you know, as soon as this show, as soon as my uh, competition was over, I'd like eat food, whatever I wanted for a week. That's what I let myself do. I was like, I'm going to eat whatever I want for a week and then I'll go back on 
my macros or whatever. And sometimes that worked and sometimes it didn't. Sometimes I was off for like a month and then I'd have to scramble and get back on and it was kind of a mess. So it wasn't any, it wasn't beautiful, but um, it was what worked for me like at that time. I don't know that I would do that again. Yeah, definitely approach it differently. Yeah, totally. But that's really cool to hear more about your routine. I'm always curious to know like how someone who does powerlifting prepares for something like that because I'm always curious to see like what those differences are. I saw that you were one of the first women to ever bend a hammer. Can you please tell me all about that? Because that's just absolutely wild. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, how did this happen? Okay. So I actually saw my, um, my boyfriend bend a hammer cause we do feats of strength, right? So I, I do a lot of that, um, like showmanship type of stuff and he had bent it first. And I remember thinking like two years before I was able to do this, I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to do this. Like, and I was, and then like at, during COVID, I was like, you know what? I'm setting a lot of limits on myself. Like I'm supposed to be this like female, like empowerment person, like who am I to tell myself that I can't do this? And so I was just working out in my garage one day and I started, um, bending it over my, um, over my quad. And, and then all of a sudden it just started to bend and I was like, okay. And then I flipped it over and I, my boyfriend was there. He's coaching me through it. And, um, and then I was able to do it and it was like a huge thing. It was awesome. And I was like, Oh my God, this is like a lifetime PR for me. And then, um, about like, let me see, it was like two last, last year, I, um, had the opportunity to actually set the world record as the first woman to ever do that. Cause there's no record of any other woman, bending a hammer and so so here we are <laughs> that's that's so wild so like how did you do that like how, how do you bend a hammer because it's just like there's so much metal involved what do you have to do to just bend metal in general like I just don't understand like the physics behind it yeah so I take uh, all right I'll try to explain this the best I can I um I take two sides of the hammer right there's like the the head and then the the end piece I take that and I press really hard with it in my and in, into my quad and then I flip it over and I do it again and I do it again and I do it again and what it does there when you put that much pressure on it as it starts to bend the metal will heat up um, from doing that so many times and then it allows you to get a good bend in and then once you get that bend in like the initial bend then you um, put it in between your thighs <laughs> and you crush it and so yeah without like I'm not like super good at the science words, but that's pretty much how it works. (laughs) Well, guys, for those who are listening, now you know how you can bend a hammer. Go try it at home now. I I have no (laughs) desire to bend a hammer because I need my hammer. (laughs) So it's like, I don't want to buy a new one to try it. I don't know. Like if my quads could even handle like, did that, like, did that hurt at all? Yes. Yes, it does. It is. There is some pain tolerance involved for sure. And let me tell you, I got so many bruises from that and they lasted for like two months it was ridiculous no yeah now that makes me not want to (laughs) try but if everyone's like oh yeah pain is gain or I don't care about the pain I want to try to bend a hammer I guess now y'all know how to do that but wow I just would have never thought that even just like your own body heat would be warm enough to like warm up that kind of metal to make it bend I just find that to be absolutely nuts 
Yeah. Well, it's the metal. It's the metal with the. So shoot, I wish I had a, like a thing and I could like show everybody. But it's um. So the it's like the friction from the metal. So it's it's not necessarily my body heat. It's from it's from putting that pressure on the metal and slowly, and then from doing that so many times, it starts to heat the metal up. And so that's kind of oh. how that works. Because the reason why I say that is because a lot of times on my videos, a lot of people think that I've preheated the metal because it make I make it look easy because I've done it for so many times or I've done it so many times. But that's that's what actually is happening is I am technically I am heating up the metal, but it's with my own like it's just putting that much pressure on it over and over and over again that it heats up. Okay, yeah. so it has to do a little bit with the friction that goes into yeah. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. Wow. You know, you learn something new every single day. <laughs> Agreed, 100%. I didn't get it either. I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> and then I was like, wait, this makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> that is absolutely well. Well, good for you for setting that record. That That is just absolutely impressive. You mentioned that you get some comments saying, oh, well, you totally heated that up preheating. We talk about haters. Women in, you know, bodybuilding spaces, strong women spaces, any space that just involves powerlifting in general, women face a lot of misogyny. I would mm -hmm. love to hear a little bit more if like you've had to deal with misogyny in this sport. And if so, how have you like dealt with it? Yeah, I have had to deal with it um, a little bit. I will say I'm pretty fortunate in, in a sense that I have been able to surround myself with with uh, men who, who are really supportive of me. I haven't dealt with it too much in person. I deal with it a lot more online. I get a lot of mis yeah. misogynistic like, comments online. In person, it's been pretty good. I do get some mansplaining every now and then, you know, and you just have to like shut it off or shut them up or whatever you have to do, set some boundaries. Um, but I have been pretty pretty fortunate in the strong woman space itself. Like in person, it's been good. A lot of my hate is just online. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah. So, and I think a lot of that has to deal with, um, like, you know, you make it look so easy and people can't comprehend that. Like the hammer thing, people can't comprehend like a woman of my size being able to do something like that. They think there has to be a gimmick involved. Like I have to have like pre-cut a deck of cards that I tear or like heated up the hammer or something like that. And it's like, no, this is pure strength. And I've worked for this for 15 years to be able to do stuff like this. And when I get those comments, I generally, you know, I think it used to really bother me a lot of the times and I would like, like write a bunch of stuff back and like have like other people go and comment for me to like back me up. But now I've gone to the point where I think my skin is just a lot thicker and I just mm -hmm. don't care. And you know what? Like, it's not my job to make them do whatever. Um, now like in person, that's a different story, but online, I'm just like, whatever. I can't be asked if I was to comment back on every single hater comment, I'd be there all day. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a waste of time. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it honestly happens way more online than in person, because let's be real, like a lot of these men probably would never, well, maybe some of them could have the audacity to say it to your face. Maybe it would be easier for them to do it in the gym. But like, if they see you on the street or in a competition, I feel like they're going to be far more impressed than anything. But yeah, no, online, it's like, you know, it's super easy to be a coward and hide behind a screen and just type away just nasty misogynistic comments. Like, I have a question. Have you ever heard of the um, account, You Look Like a Man? Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know when that was running, I, knew, I actually knew the person personally. Yeah. Oh my God, did you really? No, I want mm -hmm. that account to come back. Like, I have no idea what happened to that account. Like, they just stopped posting, but that has to be like, 
one of the best accounts that literally just explains women at the gym or women who are in powerlifting or in bodybuilding and just the shit that we put up with. It is like one of the funniest, but most eye-opening accounts you'll ever see because the person who's in charge of that account is just so good at clapping back to all of these pathetic misogynistic men who just can't handle women being strong and powerful. Oh my gosh, I missed that account. How do you know the um, the owner of that account? Yeah, um, I knew them through Strong Woman. She actually became a pro strong woman. And um, and then like there was like this big falling out and that's like, like a lot of drama that we don't want to talk about. But mm-hmm. um, and so that's why it's not running anymore. But um, yeah, so when she was doing it, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. And you know, you're right because it's like the stuff that like, I was so taken aback by the stuff that she posted because like she'd have it so that people would go in and, and message her things that had been said. And it's crazy because it's stuff that people would never tell you in person. And you're like, there's no way that they'd ever have the guts to do that. To, like say that in person. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's always the men like who have something to say who are not even like muscular or <laughs> they're like very wimpy looking or they literally have they're short or they have small dick energy. I mean, let's be real. Like any man that, that exudes toxic masculinity and misogyny, always small dick energy. It's always based off insecurities. I just wish women in this sport could catch a break and it just makes it even harder. Like these are some of the reasons as to why women are so scared of just even going to a gym. I mean, I think it's great that there are becoming more women-only gyms that are opening. But of course, the men don't like that one because they're like, well, this is sexist. And I'm like, you don't seem to fucking get it. Like, I remember my mom back in our hometown, she used to go to this women's-only gym. And the target audience was mostly like older ladies. And that's fine. But you know what? I had, I actually loved going to that gym because even if it was older ladies, A lot of them weren't using the equipment that I wanted to. So I didn't have to like wait in line or like have to try to do another workout because the machine that I wanted to use was in use and it was just, it just wasn't crowded. I just felt safe and it's a shame that one closed, but I think they ended up opening up a new location according to my mom. But, you know, at the end of the day, I can see like why my mom went to that gym for years upon years upon years because it's like we need more safe spaces as women to work out yeah yeah I mean I can I can um definitely relate to that because I remember when like in college when I first started to lift by myself um I feel like heart palpitations walking down into the it was like the men's only area I mean it wasn't really men's only but there was like no other women down there but that's where all the barbells were and I had to get my lift in and I was paying someone to do my programming so I was going to be like damned if I wasn't going to get it done you know yeah and so I would go down there but it was like a it was like there's a lot of anxiety around it um yeah so it's just like man it sucks that that's the case yeah I remember when I first started going to the gym um more consistently in grad school because I was trying to build more muscle and I lost a healthy amount of weight that year because I was healthy and I that was probably one of the times where I had like the best relationships with food and that was also before I got into bikini competitions. And I've decided to retire from that space because my relationship with food has gotten so bad and I just don't know how I'm going to recover from it, but sorry, I'm getting off topic here, but I remember I would go to, um, university of Kentucky's gym and the people in there, especially the men and even some of the women 
would lift really heavy and it made me feel kind of insecure because I felt like I had to push myself to lift just the same amount of weight that they did, maybe even more. And like, there were times where I felt weak. Like I would see women doing pull-ups and they weren't like physically muscular or anything, but like they definitely were fit, but they didn't have like huge muscles. And it definitely made me feel self-conscious. Well, it's like, I've been, you know, training my upper body and my back for such a long time now. Why can I only do pull-ups assisted? Like I can't, I still struggle with doing unassisted pull-ups no matter how much strength I've built. Part of me has wondered if it was genetics, but it's like that environment and just that unhealthiness where, whether it's men or women, created this environment that makes other people feel like they're weak and that they don't belong there. Yeah, like not inclusive. It's like, yeah, I get that. Because you're just like, well, I'm not good enough because I'm not lifting enough weight. And I've also been there as well. <laughs> like, it's really frustrating, especially when you're trying to get stronger. You want to be in that environment with those people because they will push you to get stronger. But sometimes it can feel difficult to get there when you're first starting out. And um, especially if those people aren't, nice and they're not like welcoming so yeah I totally get that the worst part is like for me is when someone just comes and just unsolicitedly interrupts your workout and you're doing something with a machine that can still work your muscles but it's done in like a unique way so there god there was this one time I was actually on prep and I was just doing cable rows right and there was this mirror all the way to the side. And so every time I was like rowing back, I would turn my head and like look in the mirror just to kind of do form checks. Cause that's a lot of time. That's kind of why mirrors are there is to like, look at your form. Right. And so I was doing that and I was doing it kind of often because I was getting, I just was, sometimes I get insecure about my form, trying to make sure that I'm working my muscles properly. And I had some dude come up to me being like, what are you doing? Like, what are you working? Like you keep turning your body. And I'm like, I'm literally just looking at myself in the mirror as I'm rowing. And he goes, oh, well, you can't do it this way. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't take solic unsolicited <laughs> advice from men in the gym. And I literally stuck my headphones back in and I just saw him roll his eyes and walk away. I literally had perfectly fine form just because you saw me doing something that you weren't used to. It's one thing to come up to somebody and be like, hey, I've never seen that workout done or I've never seen someone use that machine before. I was curious to know what you're doing. You know, that's different because you're not being a dick about it. And you're also not giving someone unsolicited advice to tell them that they're using a machine wrong when they're not. It's always the men that I've gotten approached by a couple men in the gym. Um, thankfully, it had stopped once I, I guess, was entering my second prep or no, my third, no, no, it was my second prep. But basically like, it's like, leave me the fuck alone. Like, even if my form is bad, I'll figure it out. I'll, I will. Right, like that's on you. If your form is bad, that's on you. You can get somebody to help you, but it's not, it's not for them to tell you, you know? And, and even if it was like in a dangerous situation, it's like, there's a way to approach that conversation without totally mansplaining the entire time totally and it's like another thing that's annoying is like the only time I will ever ask for a man's help in the gym is if I need someone to lower the cable tower because I'm too short to reach the top of it I'm five one I'm very short so okay that is a time where I will need and not even if it's not a man like just someone who's taller than me to lower right. the cable tower for me because I can't fucking reach it 
<laughs> I know short people problems. I'm five two. Oh I my totally God, get it. Yes, you totally get it. It is like the worst. Sometimes it's so embarrassing. I will try my hardest because I'm a little Miss Independent out here. I will try my hardest to try to lower it. But sometimes when you have to pull that lever back, it like it's it's harder because you don't have a lot yes. of leverage because you're short. And so yep. it feels heavy when it's not. And then I'm like, okay, I give up. I can't, I, I need your help because you're taller than me. And that's like the only time when I want your help. Like fellas, if a woman wants your help, she will literally walk up to you and ask you for it. Don't nice. ever assume that a woman is like in danger of something because you see her struggling. Like let her try, let her try to do it first. And if she can't, she'll come to you for help. That's that's like the only thing that I have to say. People like don't want, even want to give people chances to figure something out at the gym and they go straight into being like, I'm going to be your Lord and Savior to save you. And it's like, I didn't ask for this. Like you don't, you can't assume. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's, don't assume. It's, <laughs> it's absolutely the worst. Yeah. I have a question. Are you currently coaching other people in strongman or like empowerment in the gym? I, I, I could have sworn that you, cause you're, you're all about like empowering people, especially women to become stronger. So I'd love to know if you are coaching right now. So I, um, I just actually just put a thing out on Facebook about local people. I'm, I'm open to do a couple of on like, um, one-on-one -on -one local sessions, but I used to do a lot of strength coaching online. Um, I kind of got a little burnout with it. So I, and, and it wasn't necessarily my like true passion to, to coach other people to, to get stronger. Um, it is, but it's not in like programming wise. Um, it's more of like a mindset type of thing with me right now. So that's mostly what I do is mindset coaching. Okay. Yeah. Wait, do yeah. you want to explain a little bit more like what your mindset coaching entails? Yeah. So I do, I do work a lot with athletes, um, who want to like get stronger. I mean, a lot of strong women, um, or just athletes in general who are dealing with like, uh, nerves before competition, anxiety, um, like confidence, things like that to help them get more confident on the competition floor. Um, and then far as, I guess, as far as like, um, no, I don't want to say like reg regular gym goers as well. You don't have to be competing to do it because it's the same thing, right? When you enter the gym and you feel nervous and, and a lot of people get nervous right before like a really heavy deadlift or like a, they're about to PR on their squat or something like that. There's those voices that will like enter your head and it's, they will make or break you. And all of this comes from personal experience because I dealt a lot with this in competing and I'm sure you did too. Like there's always those voices in your head that are telling you you're not good enough. Yeah. Um, and so I, I help other athletes combat that and work through that. Mm -hmm. What made you want to start um, your mindset coaching? Yeah, I was um, getting ready for my first world uh, world competition back in, I want to say 2017. And I it was the heaviest I'd ever lifted in my life. And I knew I had to really up my game. And I was like, I had my nutrition on point. I had my coach and I was like, there was something missing though. I just was feeling like really like not confident in my abilities. And my boyfriend actually gave me a book. It's called With Winning in Mind by Lanny Basham. And he talks about mindset in there because he was an Olympic gold medalist or yeah, I think it was a gold medalist. Um, and that's what set me like set it off for me. You know, I just became like obsessed with it. And it was a huge game changer for me in that competition. And then I started taking like sports psych classes in my graduate program and it was like history from there so I've been obsessed with it ever since like I'm totally woo woo now and everything <laughs> I'm like totally totally 
so far gone. I love it. We, we love people who are woo-woo. <laughs> no, that's really cool. I always like, just like asking what inspires people to want to get into coaching. Cause like, there's so many different forms within the coaching industry. Mm-hmm. So it's always cool to hear people's stories and like why they get started. Cause usually people have like some sort of personal experience that typically fuels the fire for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So this is the last question that I had for you. And so basically I wanted to know what is the biggest piece of advice you would want to share for women who want to compete in the strong woman or strong man category? Yeah, uh, it's comparison and it's dealing with comparison. So I know it's really, really tempting to go through and compare yourself to every other lifter out there, especially your competitors, because I definitely used to be that person that would look every single one up. But you have to remind yourself that stay in your own lane and that comparison gets you absolutely nowhere and really learn to love yourself even when you're not as strong as you want to be. You will get there with consistency and work on your mindset around all of it because it makes the biggest difference. It's the it's probably the most underrated thing that I see. Like everybody's got programming, they've got all the equipment, they've got the coach, but nobody works on their mindset. So work on your mindset and you will be in that 1%. Yeah, no, I agree. Mindset is really important because it is so easy to get like imposter syndrome or comparisonitis when you're in any kind of sports competing field. Mm -hmm. And I know like I've been there too. Like I remember I would sometimes compare myself to the other women who were just more fit than me or their glutes were more defined than mine or their arms were more defined than mine or they had flatter stomachs than me. It is so easy to get wrapped up in there. And I think it just took me a long time saying, you know, I deserve to be on this stage. Even if I don't place where I want to place, I worked my butt off. Like, you know, I followed my program my body responded as best as it could. You know, I, I had ample time to prep for this and I did it in an appropriate amount of time. And this is just where my body was able to get me. And sometimes it's just not my fault. And sometimes I just remind myself that genetics plays a part in that, but no, I agree. Like it is, it is so easy to compare yourself and to get wrapped up in that. And it's just so important to just focus on what you can bring because you just like, you never know what the judges could be looking for because just competing and whatever like powerlifting sport or bodybuilding sport, it's always going to be subjective and never objective. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And what would you say is what does somebody could do if they wanted to first get started? Like, what does that process look like? Getting started in strongman? Yeah. Yeah. So the process, um, I would say just first work on your squat bench and deadlift. And like, if you're brand new to that whole thing is just to get as strong as you can. Um, and then start adding in the weird implements because the thing about strongman is there's no, like, there's no like one implement, like you're going to do something different every single competition. Um, so it's definitely pays off just to get really strong and then go and dial everything else in. Awesome. Awesome. I really like all of that advice. And Hannah, if people wanted to find you, where can they do so? Yeah. Well, just on my Instagram, um, at Hannah, the destroyer, you can message me on there and yeah, that's, that's the best place. I check that the most often. And what if they wanted to check into your mindset coaching? 
Um, so email me at hannah at powerthroughmovement.net. Um, and then usually I have a link in my bio, which is also on Instagram. So Instagram again. Okay, perfect. And guys, I will have um, the links to her Instagram and her email all in the description down below if you are interested in following her and checking her out for her mindset coaching services, especially within the strong man, strong woman or powerlifting category, um, especially if you're an athlete. I think that's always important to have, but Hannah, I, it's been such a pleasure having you on. I know despite all of our crazy technical difficulties <laughs> with everything, we did, it. we did it. We finally got through it. And I know like this last half of the um, episode just seems a lot better. I just feel a lot more level-headed now. I don't know about you, but I was stressing during the first part of that call. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we did it. And thank you so much for having me. This has been such a fun conversation. I love it. Absolutely, guys. And if you ever have an unapologetic experience that you want to share with me, feel free to email the podcast at shamelesslyunapologeticpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at shamelesslyunapologetic. And with that, I will see you next week with a brand new episode.